Hey everyone, it's Babs. We're going to be here talking to Karen Howell. We're glad to have her today. Karen is one of my favorite glass bead artists. We've I've worked with her beads for years and over the years have become close friends. And uh, she is the only glass bead artist that Carrie and I have agreed to actually contract to sell her beads in the store and we have a trunk show with her every January when she comes down and spends a month on Sanibel Island. So with that being said, welcome Karen. It's good to have you here with us today. Thanks Babs. It's always good to be here among friends and enjoying all the creativity that I find here at Babs Beads. <laughs> well, um, like I said, you've been, we've been friends for years, and I find your beads one of my inspirations. Uh, I find worlds in your beads. And one of the things that I would wanted to cover was how long have you been working in glass, and why glass? I've been working in glass for over 20 years. Uh -huh. But I've been working with beads and hot glass for about 17 of okay. those 20 years. I'm fascinated with glass. To me, glass is magic. It's um, really an unstable liquid. And suddenly, when you melt the hard glass on a mandrel, it takes on a whole different life. And... You have to work with what the glass wants to tell you. So it's fascinating. It's just fascinating. Yes, I find that in my waxes um, and my metal work, you definitely have to listen to what your medium is telling you. We have Dusty here with us today, too. He's <laughs> always going to stick his nose in when you... When you... <laughs> so Dusty's my golden retriever. He'll, he's always here at Bab Speeds as well. Um, one of the, uh, things that I wanted to talk about is it takes so much time. I get a lot of glass bead artists that come in here and show me their glass beads and it takes a long time and a lot of practice to finesse your glass to the point that you have gotten to. And 17 years is a long time, <laughs> a long time. How do you know when you've hit your point on your glass that you say, ah, there it's the point? Because it's hot. How do you know it's there? <laughs> it's hot. It is very hot. But um, I know that I've reached where I want to begin working with creating more to the bead when I have reached the form and the shape that I want. When the shape of the bead is perfect in my eye, uh -huh. then I can start adding different kinds of glass and adding uh, movement, uh, adding structure to the bead. So, and you can't do the same bead twice. It's right. always one of a kind. And if you try to copy, it just doesn't work. Okay. And why I wanted to interview it, you is the whole subject is inspiration and um, where do you get it from and you keep telling me that glass work and your glass beads are very random 
But um, a question that comes to my mind, every year when you come back, you say, I have new glass. I, I found a new glass. How do you choose and pick your glass that you're going to use when you're making your beads, when you're buying new glass rods? New glass is kind of uh, accidental in whether you like it or not. And I have been working with a wonderful experimental green from a, a manufacturer. I had no idea what it would look like, uh -huh. but I love it. And it does all kinds of wonderful things under the heat and under the oxygen and so forth. It, so you never know. I'll wake up one morning and think, looking out at the sky, I think, oh, this may be a blue day. And I may choose that day to work in blue glass. Right. Uh, another day, it's hot outside. I may choose oranges and yellows. Uh, very much like uh, a painter mm -hmm. uh, is going to choose the color cycle that they want to work with that particular day. Sure. Speaking of that, you mentioned to me that your environment has a huge impact on your glass. It can. It can have impact. Um, if I find myself working with a glass on a particular day and I'm getting something really unusual and something really different, uh -huh. I want to continue with that that day. <clears throat> because the following day, the ambient room temperature may be different. There may be a breeze. Uh, we may have a cold snap. And I may not get that particular result from the glass because of ambient temperature changes. So um, your environment actually impacts your glass, temp your glass temperatures, humidity, what, things like that. Can what it really wants to do. It. What yeah. it wants to do. So today's glass color might be different, even though it's the same glass from tomorrow's glass color. It could very well be. Cool. Cool. So there's always a bit of mystery. Because after the bead is done, we have to put it into an annealing kiln to bring all the molecules of the glass back together. Mm -hmm. So you can't peak until the next morning. Right. And you may have wonderful surprises. Right. Because the temp in the annealing, the annealing kiln can want just it. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, let's see. One of the things that I love about your beads in particular is, and it's changed over the years because um, there for a while glass beads went through, the American glass bead artists went through a real polka dot stage and you did that for a while, but you, you're very organic with your beads and some of them even look like gemstones. Um, like agates and things like that. And to work with them, you can pair them with gemstones and pull out so many beautiful things out of your beads by pairing them with other things or isolating one bead on a strand of leather and have just the most beautiful singular bead. And that's one of the things that we love about um, having your beads here. And I love the fact that we're the only ones that sell your beads. 
<laughs> anyway, but is there anything that you would like to say as a glass artist? As a, You started in stained glass, didn't you? I did. I and, did. And do you miss stained glass or do you go back to it every once in a while? Every once in a while I go back to it. Okay. Um, I no longer do large panels, uh -huh. <clears throat> but I do enjoy making unusual stained glass boxes and that sort of thing. Uh -huh. uh, and so I pop back in the stained glass studio now and again. Do you incorporate your glass beads to that in, on any occasions? Once in a very great while. Okay. Uh, I often, you were speaking about the, uh, the beads that have a, an organic and natural stone look. Uh, I often will pair that with um, a polished slice of agate in the lid of a box. Sure. And so, you know, it'll, it'll carry through the organic, uh, the organic feel of what I'm doing. When you mention that, I immediately visualize handles on a glass box. <laughs> so, you would. <laughs> anyway. anyway. That's, that is definitely a Babs-ism. I used um, one of Karen's. Uh, she did a beautiful piece for me as a gift, and it's in a an art piece that I did for Art Poems last year called The Portal. She did a gorgeous glass bead with silver glass, is it? Mm -hmm. And it, the glass is wrapped around a skeleton key. And so I did three fairies on a slice of blue agate, two fairies lower, or raising the third fairy um, with the key in, wrapped in his tail up to the hole in the slice of the agate. And this is a window hanging so that it's the portal into the magic of the world. And that's my example of how her work inspires my work. And that in turn inspired another poet. So see how the magic of inspiration can transfer one artist to the next. And that's what why I invited Karen to join us today. And I'm so glad you did. I'm happy that I could be with you, Babs. And just like you said, the magic in the glass transforms itself and passes its magic on to other artists.